Free Talk Live. Phones are open if you want to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian and Chris. Coming up, Chris, you've got a story about the old business of retail, the, you know, establishment of retail, going after the online sellers. We'll tell you what's happening with that, but something that I think we both had the same story here tonight as the top story on the the planet right now, certainly um, something that our listeners need to know about, and that is the latest and not good news when it comes to Julian Assange, who we've been following his story ever since he was, I mean, since before he was put into, or he put himself into the Ecuadorian embassy in the United Kingdom to uh, escape from persecution from the Swiss, I think it was, that were going after him in that case. Uh, And then ultimately staying there to avoid the UK government snatching him up, which ultimately they ended up getting him a couple of years ago, if I recall correctly, and then putting him into, I believe, Belmarsh, uh, like a high-security, maximum-security prison there as he was awaiting a hearing on whether or not the U.K., government would extradite him to the united states so he's been wanted by the swiss government uh he's been wanted by the uk government which by the way he served his quote-unquote time for the uk but they still didn't let him out because (laughs) the united states government wants him now uh these gangs of criminals all across the world and the u.s government what do they want him for well because number one he's never been to the united states he's from i believe yeah australia And he's never set foot in the United States. But that doesn't matter because they say that he helped someone, specifically Chelsea Manning, with uh, possibly cracking a password or something like that. And so Which, therefore, didn't the government come out and say that that didn't actually happen or something? Like it was, or it got leaked or something. So like the evidence actually that con- he didn't actually yeah, break like, it. That it actually contradicts like what they're what they're trying him for now. That's a good question. Or supposedly trying him for, or wanting to try him for. I'm not sure as to all of those details, but uh, that's not stopping them from you know moving ahead with attempting to extradite him. So he's been in jail, and it was. Close to a year ago, I think it was January of this year, where there was a ruling from the UK court. And I I imagine they're going to cover a lot of this in this story here from CNBC. I've also got one from uh, Vanity Fair about how this is is going to affect uh, press freedoms. But Julian Assange had a positive ruling earlier this year. The UK court that was looking at his potential extradition said that, no, he should not be extradited to the United States because the U.S. could not guarantee his safety in its prisons was essentially the point of the court. However, the U.S. was able to appeal that decision, which they did. And so now another court or whatever has heard the appeal, and that's where the story is coming from today. Out of CNBC, the 50-year-old founder of WikiLeaks, Julian Assange, is now a step closer to being extradited from Britain to the United States after the U.S. government won the appeal in London's high court. Judge Timothy Holroyd said Friday that the court allows the appeal. In the U.S., the Australian entrepreneur will face criminal charges, including breaking a spying law and conspiring to hack government computers. Holroyd said the U.S. has assured Britain that Assange's detention will meet certain conditions. 
Assange, who was not permitted to attend the, peer, uh, the hearing in person, is wanted by U.S. goons over the publication of hundreds of thousands of classified military documents and diplomatic cables in 2010 and 2011. Translation. He's wanted by the United States gang for telling the truth. Yeah, it's you know it's interesting too because this was predictable um, with this particular judge that ruled in this this on this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it was already known uh, prior to the ruling that he's basically he basically didn't uh, exclude himself. And I don't in, in the United States, you know, there's this idea that like if you have some sort of association with somebody like uh, you know. Uh, another party that's like has an interest in the case you would exclude yourself as that judge for that case when are you saying this judge has a tie to yeah somebody? so he's got a t- he's friends with somebody i forget who exactly mm. um but basically it, it it was it was predictable because uh that he, that he would rule against julian basically because it's a it would be basically like a favor to a friend or something to it that is effect. all about who you know when it right. comes to uh right. you know being so, an attorney yep uh, going on here, they say they say his actions put lives in danger, and they accuse him of 18 counts, meaning he is facing 175 years in prison. So I imagine they're going to put him in the you know same cell block with other peaceful people like Ross Ulbricht, who's facing two life sentences plus 40 years for running a website. Basically, Assange also facing more than life in prison for running a website. That's job was to tell the truth, to reveal the truth to people who are being kept in the dark by mainstream media and these government gangs all around the planet. That's what WikiLeaks was doing. Yeah. And the crazy thing, too, here is that, like, even like it's not it's not it wasn't like him alone did not cause any danger. Right. Like it took other people to do things that were risky. Right. Like they already took risks. The, you know, for example, the people who were like Chelsea Manning or then Bradley Manning. No, no, no. I mean, uh, like, OK, so the accusation, as I understand it, like the harm that was supposedly caused is that it revealed and it revealed names of people who were working with the United States government. Right. Mm-hmm. So the problem here is, though, these people already took those risks. Right. Like it wasn't just this guy publishing this information it was other people including the united states government who put those people in risks they put that information in a place where it could be acquired right 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 and there's also that too right Mm -hmm. like it's not like it's such a stretch to say that he put people you know in harm's way um you know the government did that long before joy and assange ever did right but he's the one who's going to go to prison for it none of the people in the government it's like if you're going to hold him accountable for something that is questionable like that then you also would need to start holding like the u.s government accountable and nobody's doing that they're certainly not going to do that now apparently they have not exhausted the potential appeal so the if there's any good news in this situation it's that Assange's attorney is saying they can appeal this decision. So even though this was the London High Court, and again, I don't know a whole lot about the judicial system there in the UK. Maybe there's like a Supreme Court above the High Court or like, I don't know what they call it, the Queen's Court or something. Yeah, I I don't know either, but I do know that like one of those appeals will like never matter um, because it's like you basically are appealing to the Queen or something. Yeah. And I don't think she like ever does does anything with it. So it's basically like a joke as far as an appeal is concerned. We'll have to figure out what if the, this if that is the last appeal that he has. Basically, yeah, we'll, we'll have to figure out what it looks like. But the attorney at least is saying Stella Morris, who is Julian Assange's, uh, I'm sorry, not a, attorney, but fiance, 
says, we will appeal this decision at the earliest possible moment. She described the high court's ruling as dangerous and misguided and a grave miscarriage of justice, saying further, quote, how can it be fair, how can it be right, how can it be possible to extradite Julian to the very country which plotted to kill him? Yeah, that's right. Um, it also came out that the U.S. government plotted to kill Julian Assange. Um, so this is what happens when you tell the truth. Right, right, right. Like, and and that's the other. I think that's probably the other problem that we've got here. Right. Like, why why would the U.K. extradite somebody who was basically going to be illegally murdered by the United States government in their own country? Right. Oh, well, see, they promise they'll take care of him after they've attempted to do commit murder yeah 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 we changed our mind uh, yeah now you can trust us it's not like we've ever lied before yeah okay <laughs> human rights group amnesty international said the charges against assange are politically motivated and should be dropped they added the assurances quote unquote that the u.s has offered quote leave mr assange at risk of ill treatment are inherently unreliable and should be rejected they said further that the assurances are discredited by their admission that they reserve the right to reverse those guarantees. So right there, apparently just in their in their own statement saying they were assuring the court that they would take care of him, that they reserve the right to reverse that. So, you know, I mean, that's right there out in the open. They're going to do whatever they want to do. Yeah. You know, you know what also is kind of interesting about this case is the UK is... Um, it, they've it, they may have already attempted to kill uh, you know Julian like the UK government uh, I mean because of the conditions that, which they kept him in sure I don't know if people they're remember but him. yeah they're basically starving him and, and all sorts of other things to yeah, cause keeping the lights on 24 hours a day yeah all sorts of stuff in the UK that you know so they may already be trying to kill him in the UK hopefully not having to extradite him well they've said he's looked pretty ragged at some of these court appearances right, right. more coming up here uh, 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in on Julian Assange and what's happening it's absolutely horrifying this is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can join us here. Talking about Julian Assange, the latest court decision, not good, out of the UK, the London High Court is being referred to in a different story here at Vanity Fair as an appellate court. So presumably there's another level above the appellate court in the UK has ruled that Julian Assange can be extradited to the United States. Um, and of course, that thankfully, that decision can be appealed. So it's not completely over for him yet. But in the meantime, he sits in a prison cell and last I heard in a maximum security facility there in the uk one of the worst places to possibly be but the number if you want to join us here is 603-283-6160 with you tonight it's ian and chris 603-283-6160 and free talk live is brought to you by freedoms phoenix a liberty oriented news aggregation site if you want the newest and freshest stories and perspectives on current events from those who value liberty then get over to freedomsphoenix.com they've got the daily dispatch there we'll keep you up to date on science technology historical findings liberty news government overspending and the rise of the police state that's freedoms with an s phoenix.com freedoms phoenix.com you know one of the scariest things about what's happening to julian assange uh is that it just goes to show the u.s government gang they can get you almost anywhere 
And certainly in a place like the UK, where they're yeah. highly connected with the UK government and you know all kinds of interlocking agreements between uh, the various different bureaucracies and such, there might be some corners of the planet where it's difficult for them to find you. But man, I yeah. mean, this dude, Julian Assange, never been to the United States and he's facing prison here. Yeah, it's and and if if anybody has any doubts about whether or not like the United States is effectively in control of the UK, all one has to do is look at the uh, one way. Um, uh, the one way I want to say exchange, uh, basically that goes on with uh, extradition. There, it's a one way extradition, is what mm-hmm. it is. So people, uh, the United States can extradite people from the UK, but it doesn't work the other way around. Um, so it doesn't work the other way. Doesn't around? work the other way around. It only really? works one direction. Yep. So if you ever you ever wonder, you know, does the United States own the UK? I mean. Again, this why is, wouldn't the U.S. turn people over to the U.K.? It would seem like something they would scratch each other's back on. Are you, you would, sure about that? Yeah, and it has to do, I think, with the fact that there was basically an agreement, and so the like uh, some sort of um, I want to say a trade agreement. It's obviously not a trade agreement, but uh, you know, a, a treaty. Mm-hmm. And I think what happened was they signed the U.S. signed a treaty with uh, the U.K., but the United States did not uh, implement in law the basically what was in the um you know in that agreement so hmm. so it, it it's a it's a one way you know, so they said one thing but they're doing another yeah, exactly and it's now in theory the uk could just be like okay well we're going to get rid of this law that allows this one way thing because that's not what we agreed to but they yeah. haven't done it so huh. it's, it's like this one way yeah extradition treaty and it's it's crazy but it it's like you would think you would think you would think that the UK would get rid of this one-way extradition treaty, but um, nope. But that's again, and I think it partially has to do with the fact that the you know the the United States just has so much power. It's like you know they got you to agree to something, but you don't you don't respond. You know, and if you don't respond, what is that? What does that tell you about your your relationship? You know, it tells you mm-hmm. that they basically they, the United States owns the UK. So I was looking here to find out more about the. Uh, the status of the which which court we're talking about mm-hmm. here because the uh, they're describing this court that made the decision here on uh, apparently today about Julian Assange being able to be extradited to the United States. This is what is called in the UK the High Court. Now, apparently, according to the story on uh, on Wikipedia about the courts of England. They have what appears to be another level above the high court, two levels, it appears. So there's the Court of Appeal. So the Court of Appeals deals only with appeals from other courts or tribunals, uh, consisting of two divisions. The Civil Division hears appeals from the High Court and the County Court and certain superior tribunals, while the Criminal Division may only hear appeals from the Crown Court connected with a trial on indictment. So would this, I mean, presumably this would be a, a criminal uh, division. But above this, there is, of course, the Supreme Court, which is the highest appeal court. So this may actually go straight up to the Supreme Court from the high court, because it sounds to me like the Court of Appeal can only hear uh, civil cases coming from the high court, not criminal cases from the high court. And I'm guessing that extradition is criminal, not civil. But That's just, you know, I'm not a lawyer. That's just my (laughs) layman's interpretation of what I'm seeing here. So at the worst case, there's one appeal. At the best case, there's two for Julian Assange at this point, uh, given that uh, now the high court has ruled he can go to the U.S. According to VanityFair.com and their story about this, in 2019, Assange was indicted by the Justice Department, so-called, 
with 17 counts for violating the Espionage Act in 2010 for his role in publishing leaked U.S. military secrets related to Iraq and Afghanistan charges that have alarmed press freedom advocates. Since then, Assange has been on the run, although I wouldn't really call it that. He's been (laughs) sitting inside uh, the Ecuadorian embassy for most of that time. And then subsequently after that, uh, he has been in uh, the U.K. jails. Yeah, it's it's kind of humorous considering that the United States and various other Western countries have uh, harbored fugitives, so to speak, in certain like uh, I think I guess I guess it would be like communist countries in the past, mm-hmm. and and we're talking about like for twenty years, kind of harboring in their embassies. So it's it's kind of funny how it's like we're the way they're phrasing it as being on the run. <laughs> it's like I'm pretty sure they didn't say that when they were protecting you know some other you know group of countries people people in you know I, i'm trying to think what they would phrase them like dissidents or whoever it was that they were protecting people seeking asylum or that sort of thing i don't know about asylum yeah i mean probably that but um mm-hmm. it's it's like yeah i don't know it's like it's probably like the opposition like the opposition like political opposition in to the, the commies you mean yeah, yeah yeah something like that and and so it's yeah it's like were they you never use that term to phrase right you know you, you never said that you were harboring a fugitive in your embassy but all of a sudden it doesn't work the other way around when that's uh, a good point yeah you know when when another country does it if you want to join the show the number here is 603-283-6160 chance of free julian assange and no extradition were shouted by protesters who gathered outside the courthouse and held signs that read journalism is not a crime Critics of the U.S. effort against Assange claim the DOJ's prosecution would severely cripple press freedoms around the world. Given the charges came after the WikiLeaks founder exposed alleged war crimes committed during the Iraq invasion. In one of the most notorious videos published by WikiLeaks in a 2010 document dump, U.S. Apache attack helicopters can be seen indiscriminately firing at a crowd in Baghdad and killing several civilians, including two Reuters news staff. Uh, and I, I've seen that footage. It's absolutely harrowing. I don't know if you've seen seen it as well. But, oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Assange, of course, is not a traditional publisher like the New York Times. But despite that, charging him under the Espionage Act for publishing government secrets could be a slippery slope in which more mainstream outlets are similarly prosecuted. And unlike Assange, mainstream outlets are within easy reach. The FBI can easily go in and, you know, kick in anybody's front door and anybody's windows and arrest and harass and, you know, just destroy the businesses of all kinds of press people. The the, the problem is they don't even need to go after the mainstream media. I mean, the mainstream media is already in bed with the government. So it's really the independent media that they're targeting look at what happened to uh the project veritas people just a few weeks ago they were raided that's right over i think it was a diary yeah joe biden's daughter's alleged diary that they dealt with appropriately and they didn't even publish on that's true number 603-283-6160 what freedom of speech this is free talk live Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want here. 
603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're looking at some analysis of the Julian Assange situation, uh, looking at it from a free speech and free press perspective. Vanity Fair with a story about how extraditing Julian Assange and prosecuting him is definitely going to put a chilling effect I mean, already the chilling effect is out there. The whole idea that whether or not they're even successful at getting the extradition, the chilling effect is already in play because the U.S. government gang is going after a man whose job was to reveal the truth about what these government people are doing. Yeah. I mean, the mere prosecution, you know, the mere threat of prosecution is is enough, really, yes. because nobody is, no journalist is going to want to have to spend years you know, uh, fighting a case where they could potentially serve some serious jail time over. Yeah, so. you're right about that. Most journalists, and it shouldn't be that way. Most journalists, though, they want it easy. You know, they don't want to actually go up against the government. They right. want to report about right. the government. And right? it's interesting. Um, you know, cops get immunity uh, when they kill people. Why Why shouldn't journalists effectively get the same sort of treatment? And I don't necessarily mean for, for killing people. For revealing the but, truth. Yeah, for revealing yeah. the truth. It would it seem to me that if you're a journalist doing your job, um, you should get greater immunity. I mean, the cops shouldn't get the, the, the immunity from killing people, but they should get greater immunity than the cops, right? So Yeah, and that's a great point. And that would be a real indicator that you truly live in a free press right. country. Right. Right. Like the the First Amendment's pretty clear when you read it that freedom of the press is supposed to be like an inviolable provision of the Constitution. It is a human right uh, that ranks right up there with the, the freedom of speech and freedom of religion. But, you know, you made me think about it here, Chris. Uh, it's been a little while since we've checked in. We've been doing a lot of uh, surveys recently, not surveys, but studies uh, talking about the Freedom in the 50 States study that looks at all 50 states and which is the freest state. New Hampshire, number mm. one, by the way, uh, regaining its number one spot and taking it away from Florida. Florida had been in there for just one year and New Hampshire took it back. Um, and then we talked about the Fraser Institute, which also has a Freedom of North America and Economic Freedom of the World study. New Hampshire, number one in the Economic Freedom of North America study. And uh, so, But you made me think about another study that I haven't checked in on here in a little while. And that is the Reporters Without Borders Freedom, uh, Press Freedom mm. Index. And apparently they have released their 2021 Numbers now usually these numbers trail by a couple of years, so usually you're looking at twenty. This is uh, based on country, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah they don't get any more detailed than uh, which country. But let's see here. Do you want to just take a crack at where you think the United States is on the list of one hundred and let's see here seventy eight? Yeah, I, different I, countries. I, I can pretty confidently say that the United States is not at the top. If it's if if the top is the best. Uh, mm, that's right. top of the list <laughs> um i don't know I, it probably falls in the top half but i, it I doubt it i doubt it falls i would say if i had to guess it's probably in the top one third but it's probably Barely. not yet yeah, not anywhere near the top of the list yeah i i'm gonna say it is uh let's see it's it's within the first maybe maybe the first quarter i mean i'm not doing the math in my head real good here uh yeah it's it's within the first 25 percent so it's uh number 44 but nothing to tell you know to wave your flag about or anything like that number 44 i mean beneath countries like south korea the czech republic botswana 
mean, Botswana's number 38 here. Uh, the UK at number 33. Ghana at 30. South Africa yeah. at 32. It, it's it's kind of interesting because I, if you gave them like a grade rating, you know, the top country might have like a B and then like everybody else is like way worse, yeah. right? Yeah, well, so, yeah. I'm just looking up the list here. Namibia, which is, you know, an African nation full of desert at number 24. Uh, you've got Luxembourg, Austria. Uh, let me just jump. let's just jump up here. And look at the top five. So number five on the list of press freedom: Costa Rica. Uh, mm-hmm. Number four: Denmark. Number three: Sweden. Number two: Finland. And number one: Norway. So the uh, Sweden, Norway, Finland. Those what do you call them? The Norse countries. Those are the ones with the most press freedom on the whole planet. And down at the very bottom five, let's give you the worst of the worst. You want to take take a guess? There, I'm just I'm just wondering if there are some countries that aren't even rated. Um, uh, it looks like they've rated everyone. The one that's the hardest to rate. So okay, I'm pretty so, sure they're close to so almost all of them. I'm guessing North Korea. North Korea is, is number the, 179. Yeah, the last one. Yeah. Um, but it, that's not necessarily a terribly difficult one to to uh, get right. Uh, following that, uh, Turkmenistan at number 178. China at 177. 176 is Djibouti. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. And number 175, Vietnam. Iran okay. is uh, more freedom, uh, <laughs> has more press freedom than uh, even uh, China and Vietnam. But Iran is number 174, so it's also pretty awful. So there you go. There's your uh, Reporters Without Borders top five, bottom five, and again, the United States at number 44. Now, the last time I've seen this list, I think the U.S. was kind of around there somewhere, 43, 44. So I don't know if it's gone up or down, but it's relatively at the same place where where it's been. So uh, I imagine after they get the news about the Assange uh, decisions and such, that could factor in to make it drop below or drop out of the top 50. Yeah, I mean, good. if you're prosecuting reporters, like, right off the bat or threatening, um, I mean, right off the bat, that seems to be, like, a country to me that is, like, F. You get an F, right, yeah. um, as on the freedom scale. Yeah, I mean, this year, they raided our studios. Yep. Uh, March 16th of this year, just a few weeks ago, they raided, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, they raided Project Veritas. Mm. They raided their reporters' uh, apartments, and then they raided the founder of Project Veritas, like, two days later. And so those are just two more recent examples that uh, they're still doing this. And as you pointed out, Chris, this is going to if there were any people in the mainstream media who are thinking about reporting on (laughs) the truth about the federal government, they're thinking twice now. Oh, yeah. Because who wants to go, you know, spend time in prison? Most people don't. Most people aren't willing to, quote unquote, fight the good fight, you know, to get out there and actually put their necks on the line for what they believe in. They should, because if. If the majority of reporters and the majority of local domestic press organizations had the level of courage of someone like Julian Assange, then it would be a completely different situation in the United States. Because then you would have everywhere you turned, you'd have like incisive, important investigations into the U.S. government gang and like the horrors of what they're doing to uh, to peaceful people out there. But instead, you just got a bunch of reporters that went to government college filleting the state and just doing whatever it is that they're they're told to do, reporting word for word government press releases and things like that. That's literally the state of journalism yeah. in the United States. 
that's standard operating practice. It's get the story out there. It doesn't have to be accurate. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, it doesn't, it just, it can be flat out lies. It, it, you just have to basically get, uh, you know, get some quotes in there. And, well, and don't and piss off the bureaucrat or don't piss the politicians off or we won't get them for an interview next time. Right, right. That's the attitude that the, the uh, reporters have, most most of them. And, um, you know, it's it's and it's not even and it's crazy because it's like they don't even care about the quality of the journalism. Right. Like like you're reading through these stories and, and I, I kind of I kind of sympathize with the fact that they don't have a lot of time to focus on this. But it's just like. Sure. They're not even trying, like, they're not even putting a little bit of effort into it. Yeah, they don't have a department in these, you know, New York Times, uh, Washington Post that's dedicated to investigating the state. Right. 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 No. And it, like, you can even read stories, and it's like, you can tell that people aren't even proofreading, like, the story, right? Oh, like, they're just so bad. Right. That's how bad yeah. the, the they're media corners. is. Yeah. It's, and it's, they're cutting staff, and they're cutting budgets. And, and I, I get it. Like, they're competing with the internet now, and yeah. it's harder than ever to run an old media organization, especially post-COVID, where basically it just put – newspapers were already dying off, and a lot of the COVID restrictions just put, put them to death even further. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, what's interesting, too, is now they have uh, the government – the U.S. government is funding uh, reporters, as I understand it. So – oh. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah. yeah. You basically get a free reporter if you if you take one of the government reporters. There's more coming up here. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And you better believe they're going to pull whatever funding they are giving you if you start criticizing them. Oh, yeah. 603-283-6160. Your thoughts on press freedom here in the United States or wherever else in the world. It's Free Talk Live. Talk live. You can bring up whatever you want right here in the number 44 most free country for press freedom. Not impressive. Not something worth touting. But that's according to the Reporters Without Borders. And that number, uh, published here in the 2021 World Press Freedom Index, most of these freedom indexes usually trail by a couple years, so... Whatever it is the U.S. government gang did this year, it's not being factored into these numbers. So I'm going to predict that 2022 or 2023's Press Freedom Index, you're going to see the U.S. dropping even further. Unless, of course, the uh, top 43 countries get even worse and then it's a, you know, a race to the bottom. But yeah, it's it's actually getting, from what I understand, the the countries at the very top are actually getting worse. Are um, they? Yeah, so the ones that are most free currently are all basically going down yeah well, this is why we need uh, a free place this is why the world needs yep. a, a place where people can go that they will not be extradited from yeah to face charges in these t- tyrannical states and that's what's happening here uh julian assange not yet out of the jail in the uk but the high court so-called has ruled that he can be extradited. Now, there is apparently at least one more appeal that his attorneys can go through so he's not gone yet but it is not good news at this point. We uh, will tell you more about the story. Of course, you're welcome to join us. You can bring up anything you want here on Free Talk Live. The number for you is 603-283-6160. We're looking at Vanity Fair's uh, analysis here on the question of press freedom in general and how this is definitely going to have a chilling effect in this whole case against Assange in general, regardless of what the UK court rules, is definitely having an effect on uh, you know reporters in the United States. And so I'm going to continue here. This is, uh, again, VanityFair.com, pointing out that the U.S. government is endangering the ability of the media 
to bring to light uncomfortable truths and expose official crimes and cover-ups, read a Friday editorial in The Guardian, which is not based in the United States. Mm. Uh, One of the first outlets to publish the revelations from the WikiLeaks cash, The Guardian said further, quote, The decision is not only a blow for his family and friends who fear he would not survive imprisonment in the United States. It is a blow also for those, all of those, who wish to protect the freedom of the press, unquote. Uh, Daniel, or sorry, Jamil Jaffer, the director of the Knight First Amendment Institute at Columbia University, says that, uh, quote, this doesn't matter whether Assange is a journalist. This case will have far-reaching implications for press freedom. And that's an important point. You don't have to be a journalist to be the press. You know, the, the sort of classic definition yeah. of a journalist is somebody who is unbiased and they attempt to get all sides of whatever the issue is and report from all sides. We don't see a lot of journalism out there in the United States at all these days because most of the so-called news organizations have an obvious bias. And I'm OK with that. You know, if as long as it's clear what your bias is, fine. You know, I mean, let us know who you really are. Let us know what you actually believe. That doesn't bother me at all. And it's important to point out that even people who have a bias, even people who are just opinion people. Everybody has a bias. Yeah, they do. But a journalist's job is generally to suppress the bias, supposedly, and report in a unbiased manner on whatever the question is, whatever whatever the issue is. But that doesn't really matter as to whether or not it's press, right? Mm. Because as long as you're reporting on something that's going on, and, and that can just simply be stating your opinion. So that's what we do here. We're not newsmen. We're not journalists per se, but we are the press. Yeah. We are reporting and opinioning, uh, you know, sharing opinions. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting. I, this is um, the, the, the hacking laws are something that have always, I, I thought, you know, back in the 90s. Um, well, I mean, I guess not always because there was a time before the hacking laws existed, but sure. um, they were always, ever since they've existed, basically have always been a threat to, you know, press freedoms. Um, and like, and just as an example, um, and, and this is, I'm, I'm not sure this is part of the, well, this isn't part of the computer uh, fraud, uh, crimes and fraud act or whatever it is, but um, uh, there's an, there's another one with the digital millennium copyright act, which has basically a, uh, a prohibition of like, distributing information if it pertains to breaking um uh digital restrictions so oh so you can't even share how to break digital restrictions exactly exactly that's a clear violation of free speech there was a case yeah absolutely and there was a case of um well the courts disagree but yeah but it didn't hit the supreme court or anything i mean isn't that that basically what 2600 magazine does so 2600 magazine basically fought this case in the courts Mm -hmm. and they lost at at the lower course level level and it's interesting because they didn't even they were basically ordered to take down um the decryption uh keys or the decryption Wasn't this software from DVD or something yeah like it was that? for dvds back mm-hmm. in the 90s and basically uh they were t- ordered to take it down they took it down then they linked to other people who were willing to host it and defy the government right and hmm. then they were ordered to take the links down and then they put they didn't wow. put the link they put text of the link right so you couldn't click it but you could copy <laughs> it right and they basically that's awesome yes and so they, they unfortunately they lost every level it's like <sighs> it's purely information now did they go all the way to the supreme court in that case they didn't and one of the reasons that they didn't had to do with the fact that uh you know people are you know i mean the law itself not that specific law the computer crimes and uh, the other law basically the fraud act Mm -hmm. um has to basically i mean it basically is a it was a response 
to uh you know basically i forget what the film was but it was like blowing into a whistle and setting off nukes basically that law came about because of a work of fiction okay and it was an overreaction and so they they have this extraordinarily draconian uh you know law on the books in both the dmca but that's more because of the copyright um but the the computer crimes crime i think it's like computer crimes and abuse prevention or something. Or something yeah i forget what it is but Anyway, um, yeah, that that was basically a reaction, you know, a reaction to 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 fear, and it's it's like no, you you can't whistle into a phone and get nukes to go off. So yeah, so but twenty six hundred magazine still out there today, right? Twenty six hundred still out there today. It didn't put an end to the magazine or anything like that. Uh, but what it did do is uh, basically criminalize like linking, and mm-hmm. um, that, that's what Barrett Brown went to prison for. Yeah, right? that's exactly what I was going to bring up. Yeah, was that uh, a, a journalist? A, a journalist later on did, in fact, fairly recently uh, go to prison over it. He's out now. Yeah. As I so, it. you know, this idea, you know, this idea that like, you know, this is something new. It's not. It's just this stuff tends to take a really long time before anybody challenges it. And even when it gets challenged early on, it doesn't necessarily hit the Supreme Court. I mean, it, right. Because sometimes people don't want to appeal because it could set more precedent. It could set bad precedent. Yeah. And in the case of 2600, it, they were literally the hacker quarterly. So it mm-hmm. wasn't looking it wasn't looking good at the lower courts and it probably wouldn't have looked good at the higher courts. And, you know, even though it was entirely about freedom of speech, it had nothing to do with, like, breaking into anything. Um, it was entirely freedom of speech. But So just to clarify what you said before, based on this particular case you're referring to or one of these computer crimes yep, yep. laws, you're saying they have outlawed and it still stands the ability to share how to crack a thing. Some sort of digital security. Yeah, it's. I mean, theoretically, even us talking on the radio about how to crack something. Like, if I tell you to go download VLC, VLC, and VLC has the capability of cracking, say, DVDs, mm-hmm. that theoretically is would would be criminal uh, under wow. the law. Under you know, if you interpret it broadly enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's basically anything that you communicate to that that would you know help somebody crack. So what they were doing back in the 80s with the the different tones that they were, you know, ex- expressing to people like, you know, remember yeah, the phone would, freakers? That used theoretically to, would be illegal, too. Because yeah, so just for listeners that don't know, and that back in the old days, you used to be able to hold up like a little speaker with a specific tone that it could play into a pay phone. And then you could get like free phone calls because you were essentially tricking the phone system into thinking you were putting quarters in. Yeah, basically. And, and that's probably a different law. Um, may, and I suspect the the computer uh, crime law, or whatever, would also make that criminal. But mm-hmm. it's there's it's, it's, that's criminal under other laws as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's but that's um, what twenty six hundred used to do, right? Because twenty six hundred yeah. is uh, is um, named after well one of those tones, isn't people, it? Well, yeah, it is, <laughs> right? But um, but. It, but remember, 2600 didn't do that. 2600 is just a magazine where they're publishing people, that information, though. Sure, 2600 is a publisher yeah. that publishes articles from the public, more right. or less. Okay, other hackers, um, right? But it's a crime for them to publish that information. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> basically, their whole business model is has been turned upside down by these laws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To some degree, and and that's really tragic because I mean, for years, I remember getting the the old Loom Panics catalogs, and there there used to be these book catalogs that my dad would get in the 90s uh, that had all kinds of like really interesting sounding books like, you know, bomb making and, you know, how to make drugs and, you know, how to uh, disappear and like all these, you know, interesting instruction manuals, stuff that you can't just get at the library. Uh, And so it sounds like a lot of that stuff might be made criminal now. Is it only if it has to do with digital encryption? 
Um, like you can still give people drug recipes. You just can't, uh, you know, yeah, bomb making recipes. That I don't think. I, I, I mean, there, I don't know if there's another law in regards to that. But this is mostly uh, this is mostly like outlawing linking to information mm. that would be involved in in, in hacking in, bra- in some sort of breaking into or cracking, or cracking something. something. Yeah. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. If you can't share that information, you don't have freedom of speech. Or violating terms of service. That's also a crime. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. If you put a false name in when you sign up for Facebook, you're committing a crime. Wow. Free Talk Live. Hour two's next. Join us. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down and to put you in control of your own happiness so you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. Whether you want to comment on press freedom around the world, especially here in the United States, you can do that. Or bring up whatever you want to discuss. That is the thing that we do here on Free Talk Live. Take your calls and your thoughts about absolutely anything. Ian and Chris uh, in the studio tonight. Chris, you wanted to talk uh, as, a, as a retailer, as an online retailer over at thinkpenguin.com. That is where people can buy uh, privacy-focused, Linux-based, various different products uh, over at and, and services. You offer VPN, yep. VPN service. Yep, computers and accessories mostly, but yep. yeah, also VPN. At uh, thinkpenguin.com. You are somebody who might pay attention to what the old school retail kings are up to, and apparently they're up to no good governmental related shenanigans. Yeah, right. You, you could definitely, uh, you could definitely say that I pay attention to laws and rules and things like that that the government implements that effectively are intended to increase the cost of doing business and increase the cost for at least certain merchants or types of merchants. Um, and this is basically one of these, you know, ridiculous, you know, rules. Because it's not bad good. enough that they're uh, inflating the money supply and dramatically increasing right. the prices of pretty right. much everything, including yep. shipping, uh, which it all factors into higher prices that customers have to pay to get things. Yeah, absolutely. For. And, and they've already, yeah, there's probably two key things that have increased the cost of um, basically online retail shopping for, for consumers. One is that 
uh, re- online retailers are now required to collect sales taxes. Um, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, it doesn't matter what state you're in. All right. Even in New Hampshire, you have to collect sales taxes for people who buy from outside goods from state. you from outside the state, even though you and don't operate in the state. is that a federal rule? That was a Supreme Court ruling. Oh, my okay? God. So, yeah. And fortunately, in New Hampshire, you know, as a consumer, you don't have to deal with that because there's no sales tax here. But what happens in I mean, almost every other state you do? What happens to you if you don't? Are they going to send the FBI after you? This is a good question, and it's not entirely clear. <laughs> but in theory, um, you know, I, you know, I like don't you know. Don't have, I mean, for instance, you don't have a nexus, as they call it, right? Like nexus is legal term it, saying well, if you have, yeah. you know, if that's you have how a it used to be. Mm-hmm. If you have a shipping center in South Dakota or whatever, then you would have to collect South Dakota taxes because you're doing business, of there course, or yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. But you don't have that. You're nope. ex- based exclusively, at least within the United States, out of New Hampshire, right? So why would you have an, uh, any obligation to do the bidding of all these other state government gangs around the country? I mean, there's a 49 other sets of tax laws that you would have to follow. It, it's actually not even possible um, to follow the law on this. So even the big re- corporate you know, retailers, and this is the crazy thing. It's like if you actually start looking into it, there are over 10,000 different taxing jurisdictions. With if you get 10, down to the county right. and the city. Uh, no, no, it's even more complicated than that because it's not necessarily based on that. Um, mm-hmm. It's like Arbor, it's every single street address ha- is potentially in a different taxing. Well, not in a different. I mean, some of those are going to overlap, obviously. Mm-hmm. But basically, you have to base it off every single street address. You can't base it off zip code like the t- because that's not how the tax system is set up. That's not how the lines fall, basically. Right. One zip so, code can be between two different counties or whatever. Well, uh, I don't know about maybe uh, I don't know about that. But basically, the point the point is that you don't actually know like there's no way to know like specifically like where uh, or what taxes you're supposed to collect. And it's it's more complicated because so traditionally, like with a physical brick and mortar retailer, they only have one set of laws, one set of tax laws to deal with. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know, there might be a city tax, uh, a state tax and, you know, maybe even a county tax. That's so sort of maybe three. But the point is. They only have to worry about where they're selling, right? They don't have right. to worry about if their customers are, you know, in some other state or, or where they're from, a different they part of the town. Door. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's much, much simpler. What they got, what they, what the Supreme Court basically decided was now if you ship, it's, it's where you ship the goods to that matters. Mm-hmm. And so there's over 10,000 plus different uh, taxing uh, jurisdictions, basically. So and how the hell are you supposed to figure that out? Yeah, this is, is there the, some this, service okay. provider? So this is the point. This is the point that I'm you? making. Nobody's following the law. All mm. all that's happening is that there. Well, hold on, is it a law or a Supreme Court decision? It's a, well, it's a Supreme Court decision, but you can't follow the laws in the states in regards to their tax law, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it is. It is. You have to follow, in theory, the law. But here's the other problem. So the the actual laws in these states don't. They're written in such a way that they only apply to their own uh, like state and such. So, like, I'll, I'll give you an example. So, if um if 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 you pay sales tax to uh, I don't know I, I, again I'm just gonna make up a state Wyoming for example mm-hmm. Wyoming might be one of the ones that doesn't have sales tax but anyway um, Wyoming right the Wyoming law might actually say that you have to set up you have to have an office in Wyoming okay four percent in okay. Wyoming. Four percent. Okay. Yeah, okay. So yeah. So you might have to actually have an office in Wyoming, which means that if you're following that law, you didn't have an office in Wyoming before, but now you have to have an office. Oh, in you Wyoming. have to open an office. That's there? what the tax law says in some states. Yes, at least. Wow. So you have to actually have an office now or something in Wyoming in order to comply with their tax law. So screw that. <laughs> yeah. This is how insane this is. 
But it's also more complicated because I'll give you an example. This is a state I actually had operations in at one point. So in Louisiana, um, there's like three different – just in Louisiana alone, it's absolutely insane. So there's three different – there's a, a parish tax. There's a city tax. Right, that's like a county. And a state parish, tax. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Parish is like a county. Um, but there are like uh, – I'm trying to think. Louisiana. That's a state. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the, one, the big one that was hit uh, by the hurricane. Um, anyway, but there's basically a city – there's, there's more than one, I'm sure, but New Orleans, New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans. That's it. New Orleans has actually it's made up of like three different cities. So you mm. actually it's not it's three. It's theoretically if you if you're like a mobile operation, yeah. you have three different taxes plus the parish uh, and the state. So it's five. So it's five different uh, taxes right there. Right. Right. Um, that you might have to deal with. Again, this is just if you only operate in that, that area, jurisdiction. Right? Yeah. Um, it's not even jurisdiction because it's like five There's different jurisdictions, yeah. right? Because they overlap easily. Okay. Um, but they, you've also got uh, you've also got different laws. Like for example, if you install Ethernet cable, right, or like telephone cable or something of that nature, right, inside a wall for somebody, the the cable itself has a different tax rate than whether or not you install it outside of the wall, right? <sighs> okay. And this is on the cable, not the service. So, uh-huh. <laughs> right? And now think about this. Now, there's 10,000 different taxing jurisdictions. So somehow you're supposed to... I'm surprised there's that few. I would think it'd yep. be even more than that. <laughs> right. So somehow if you're a online retailer, you're supposed to figure... You're supposed to ask the question of... Are you going to install this cable inside the wall or outside the wall? And I've never seen any retailer ask that type of a question. But sure. in theory, that's well, because the law. You may not even the know. Law in the state. Yeah, oh, you and might it gets not better. Even know. You just might be it buying a cable. It depends on what day. In fact, that uh, whether or not you have to collect that tax. You're talking about in Louisiana. In Louisiana. But okay. this is also applicable for states like New York. Yeah, Because they have something called tax holidays. So, uh, mind yeah. you, if theoretically, they could probably go after you for a crime if you don't follow the law correctly here. Um, so, if, if you collect a tax, right, and you weren't supposed to collect a tax. On a tax holiday. Right. right you're now committing a crime, theoretically, <laughs> right? They could theoretically go after you, right? Now, they uh, won't, probably, because they want that money. Right. But the point is, they could go after you for, for anyway. Sure. And these these massive retailers like, you know, Amazon and, and everybody, basically, they're all committing these, these, these crimes mm-hmm. because they're not actually complying with their law. It's just the appearance of complying with the law because the, wow. actually complying with it would be so absolutely insanely complicated, it's not possible. You'd literally have to go through, like, so what do they do? Do they just kind of generally say, okay, so-and-so's address is this, so we're going to charge this sales tax, and they just keep it that simple, or what? Yeah, so so there are some states that have like passed simplified, and, and, and let me tell you something, it's not yeah, simple, right. but simplified collections. Mm-hmm. So it, it theoretically makes it easier, but it's still unbelievably complicated uh, you know, to actually collect for, you know, you still have to deal with all of these different taxing jurisdictions. Yeah. And if you look at, like, if you start going through, like, I've actually gone through the law for just one state. It's, I mean, I could, I could, there's no way you could even read through all, just the, just the law on the simplification is so long. You wouldn't even to be able to read to through understand it all, right? What right? One of these jurisdictions yes, is done. Just for one state alone. You, as a business owner who doesn't have a whole lot of help, right? Right. You're trying to, to figure this thing out all by yeah. yourself. This is impossible. It, it is impossible. And it's, it's, it wouldn't even be, I don't even think there's, a real way to do it within the like software, the shopping cart software, right. to actually comply with these laws. Either. So now, what are you going to do? Hire a programmer and try to create something from scratch that has never existed before? In theory, you have to have your you have to have somebody hire somebody to go through every single transaction you know uh, that you that you took in, and then uh, I don't know compensate from from your the cost of the or the price that you charge. Well, there's news now about what these retailers want the government to do. Coming up, free talk live. 
Talk Live. Phones open here if you want to join us. Number is 603-283-6160. And you can bring up whatever you want with you tonight. It's Ian. And Chris. Bitcoin.com. Great source to learn about Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency like Bitcoin Cash. You can click Get Started at the top of the page there at Bitcoin.com. And you can watch some introductory videos. If you only have time for one of them, just watch that first one. And uh, and that will help you out, uh, give you the basics on how to use cryptocurrency. Actually, I'm looking here on the site. Oh yeah, there it is. Get started. So be sure you click that. I just I was just checking to make sure they hadn't like moved the link around. If you're on mobile, it is under the little menu icon. You'll find it there. Uh, so learn about crypto because right now, well, some would say Bitcoin's on sale. Less than fifty thousand dollars per Bitcoin at the moment. Uh, it's a good time to learn about this technology that is taking the world by storm, and a lot of people are uh, adopting, lots of businesses coming on board with accepting cryptocurrencies. This is a tech that is not going to disappear anytime soon. It's probably going to be with us for the for- foreseeable future. I mean, this is uh, amazing stuff. You really ought to take the time to learn about it over at Bitcoin.com. If you're not new to crypto, you want to learn some of the latest news headlines, head over to news.bitcoin.com. We're going to get more into what you were kind of just kind of getting into a moment ago with us, Chris, the idea of uh, online retail being targeted by the old school retailers, by the brick and mortar, the uh, the department store types, these big boxes. What's the latest in the ongoing struggle between these different business models? We'll, uh, we'll give you an update on that. But first, we go to your phone calls and thoughts where Sarah is on the line in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live, Sarah. Oh, yes. Um, I just I wanted to let you know that I was coming down with something. It felt like a, like something like a stomach flu. Hmm. And I did get my flu shot. But one of the things I have been using was tea tree oil from Australia. And I mixed it with water and I sprayed it all over my body and my my head and my bottom of my feet and I think it has really helped me to clean out my nasal uh, passage and it helped me to breathe better and it got me feeling well. Now so is that, a, now I don't know a whole lot about this particular product that you're referring to. Is that the standard way of using it is to spray it all over your body? I've never heard of that. Well, well, you know that what well, the scientific name of that oil is Melaleuca alternifolia. But the Aborigines, they call it tea tree oil because when they, they found Aborigines um, making teas out of it and drinking it. So I have a tea version of that, too. I've been drinking their teas also. So the thing is, is to get it into your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And by spraying it, like I spray it under my armpit. And I, there's pores on top of your head. And I sprayed it. <laughs> And uh, you know, and I sprayed in the bottom of my feet, and so that this way, sounds expensive. Is this stuff expensive? Well, I think the most of the stuff is in health food stores. Uh-huh. You know, that I doesn't I mean it's cheap. Find them. Well, then, and then all you got to do is just mix it a little bit, and then mix the rest of it with water. Why not just drink it, it, though? I mean, you know, if you're drinking the stuff, it's going to get into your bloodstream, and then you don't have oil dripping all over your body. Well, the thing is, I well, you you can. I have been drinking a drop or two with a cup of water. You can do that. It's safe enough to do that, and I have been doing it. And then also, 
that has helped my flu symptoms. So it's completely gone. So you already came down with the flu and you figured taking tea tree oil would help. You believe that it did help, that it knocked it out faster? Yeah, I was I was kind of dripping out of my, I don't know what I had, but I was feeling ill. I was for, I would get Could ill have been COVID. and I would get better. Could have been COVID, Sarah. I have no idea what it was, but I'm feeling better now. I finally got rid of it. It took right, me about go. 10 days. Well, I got to say, I think that some of the mm-hmm. uh, the natural alternatives are definitely pe- something people should consider. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people that are not in the medical establishment that, that truly do believe in, in some of these alternatives. And, and thank you for the call tonight, Sarah. Now, the question is whether or not they're actually more successful than the placebo. Because a lot of being well... It seems like it's really mind over matter. Like people who believe that a thing is going to help them, turns out that thing helps them. And if somebody doesn't believe the thing is going to help them, then the thing probably won't help them. Because ultimately a lot of whether or not you get well and how soon uh, and how well you get in what period of time, a lot of it has to do with what you believe is going to work. I'm always amazed at how like certain like drugs like just like stuff like advil even um it, it like sometimes depending on what you've got it can make all the difference like i have a huge impact and then other times it like almost feels like it has no Nothing. impact at all yeah. yeah so so let's talk about uh get back into the retail story here chris you had something uh that we were just sort of generally discussing the the crazy u.s tax law implications when it comes to being an online retailer and as an online retailer, you've got a different business model from the old school, you know, uh, bricks and mortar retailers. And those people don't like you. No. So what's <laughs> going on now? What's the latest? They definitely, uh, brick and mortar definitely does not like online retail. And I, I don't think the online retailers have as much of an issue with the brick and mortar because the the costs of operations are lower with online retailers. Mm-hmm. So it's more, it's more of a... You know they're they're at a they're I mean you until think they're you at a disadvantage add, the online retailers at, are at an advantage they have an advantage over the brick and mortar yeah up until the point in which you pass laws that actually make it absolutely insanely expensive to operate an online right ret- retailer so um yeah there was a, one other thing though too I wanted to mention um tariffs sure. tariffs are for people who aren't aware um import export yeah you're basically the 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 businesses are basically paying twenty five percent right now for not everything but a good chunk of goods from overseas. So and everything's manufactured overseas. So your costs like to the consumer is about thirteen percent. Um, that's basically you know you're losing thirteen percent of your wealth basically every time you go out and buy something as a result of of those tariffs. Um. This is something that did not exist, you know, a few years ago. So how does twenty five percent go to thirteen percent? So that's thirteen percent on average, like overall. Like if you walk into a Walmart, your your costs, your the prices are gone up by about thirteen percent overall. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily apply to every product. But that doesn't necessarily mean the retailer has increased the the price on a product by twenty five percent. They might just increase it across the whole board in order to reduce the appearance. Uh, like there's different there's different you're tactics. Saying you some can, products that are not coming from overseas, the few that are manufactured here, yeah, they're raising the prices on those you in might, order to right. That might be one way. I see one way to make it hurt less or appear appear that it's not. I don't know. Like twenty five percent is a huge jump, right? right? So you're going to notice that, and that's an important thing to point out. You know about tariffs. A lot of people think, yeah, tax them imports or whatever. And it's like you're just taxing the American people, right? 
Right. Yeah, everybody, the consumers are paying those taxes. It's, it's not like you're hurting those companies overseas. Right. It's one of those hidden taxes that we all pay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know, it's it's sort of like it's sort of like uh, the. Well, self not I don't want to say self-employment tax, but um, for pe- people who are self-employed, there's something called the self-employment tax. But there's there's a so the the self-employed people see this other this additional tax. But what, the, what most people don't see is that the business is collecting a about fifteen percent on uh, that. Uh, or, or they're paying fifteen percent right? on top of another fifty. So you'll see fifteen percent on your tax on right. your um, paycheck, but you won't see the other fifteen percent that the the business That's is paying right. basically. I thought it was fifteen percent total. No, it's it's thirty percent. It's oh the self employment. It's like thirty percent. Yeah. More coming up here in moments. You can join us. We'll talk about uh, the retail market, competition, and the government. Free talk. Free talk. Lives video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off now with over one million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's Ian and Chris in the studio here tonight talking about uh, the, the retail world and some of the challenges that online retailers are facing, especially when the old school big boxers and the you know big retailers are out there trying to shut them down and get them regulated into the dirt. Uh, and there's news about it, but we'll, we'll get into that coming up here in a moment. Uh, I do want to let you know about Give Directly. We had an interview with uh, CTO there over, no, CFO over at Give Directly, which is the first nonprofit that allows you to give money directly to people living in extreme poverty. So if you want to hear that interview, check out the first hour of last night's show. It's actually really interesting. Uh, you can do that over at freetalklive.com. We got the little archives widget there on the, the side of the page. They What they do is they find recipients in terrifyingly poor countries like Kenya and Kalif, or the county of uh, Kalifi and Bamet counties in Kenya who could really use some help. And they give them mobile money to send them cash with no strings attached. So they're not told how they have to use it. And it turns out it really helps them out. It can change their lives, get them employment, nutrition, health, education, and it allows them to invest in what they need instead of relying on aid organizations and donors thousands of miles away choosing for them. So we are matching your donations to give directly here at Free Talk Live. We'll match up to $30,000 total. So if you want to help out uh, some folks in some very, very difficult areas, uh, head over to give.freetalklive.com. That's give.freetalklive.com. 
Um, and as we learned last night, they do accept cryptocurrencies. So that is a way that you can put some of that crypto that you've earned to use nice. and help people out who really do need it over at give.freetalklive.com. Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts. Jerry is on the line in Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Oh, hi. Yeah, I was uh, just wanted to comment on what Sarah was saying, and I don't think it's a T. I think it's just, yeah, you put the tea tree oil in some warm water and you gargle it, and that's what helps clears out anything that's in the back of your throat. <laughs> so you don't actually drink it. <laughs> mm. Well, that's she was saying that she was drinking it and wiping it all over her body. So I guess different people have different methods uh, to use this. Well, I it's a oh what and I heard it from my grandmother and her my great grandmother and yeah well teacher oh yeah you can rub it on rashes and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it'll help subside those effects on rashes. And have you used it personally? Yes, I have. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, you know, there's a lot of interesting uh, alternative therapy treatments out there, and I'm not going to say one way or the other whether which ones work and which ones don't. I think everybody's different, and, you know, one uh, treatment might work well, well yeah. for one person and might not work for another. Yeah, like uh, you get a little scratch in your throat or whatever, and, you know, one of us want to put, like, a couple drops of tea tree oil in it and then gargle it and then spit it back out and then... Jerry, yeah, thanks for the call tonight. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. 603-283-6160. Yeah, some of the people with the alternative treatments, they're true believers. You know, they uh, they find that this thing helps them, and they get out there, and they, they think it's the right answer for everybody. And maybe it is. I don't know. You know, I don't, I'm not a doctor. I don't do a health show. I'm not a nutritionist or anything like that. Um, so, you know, your mileage may vary when it comes to these uh, these methods. So, uh, Chris, let's get back into the story here about retail. What you got? Yeah, so the story is from uh, Bloomsburg, and uh, it says the title is Retail CEOs Press Congress to Toughen Rules for Online Sellers. And they have a really great sales pitch for why we should all support this this More this rules. Law. Right, yeah. <laughs> the chief executive officers of companies, including Target and Best Buy, called on Congress to approve legislation aimed at forcing online marketplaces to beef up measures designed to fight the sale of stolen or counterfeit goods. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's funny because, you know, it's actually kind of funny because like I've, I I have to say I've mm, on a number of occasions have purchased goods that were, were fake and counterfeit and you knew it. Yeah. And it was obvious before you even opened the package because it's like that label isn't right. It's Mm. like, but it was it obvious before you bought. No, Mm. no. But the question is, is a online retailer like you would think that wouldn't be in their interest anyway, just because you're going to end up with increasing your returns Mm -hmm. and that has a substantial cost to it. So, yeah. And then you have to do something with those, those fake goods, right? Like, in theory. So mm. you I don't know, it's, I think there's already an incentive to try and minimize uh you know counterfeit and fake goods at least to the extent that they're being advertised like they're they're you have a product that's branded I don't know Nike, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not Nike, right? Because people are going to return it if they buy it thinking it's Nike and then it not is Nike, right? Um on the other hand if it's if it's some other knockoff that's like Nuki or something yeah. pretending to be Nike 
you probably it's probably not going to be like okay the person who bought it probably knew what they were buying as right? long as it's clear right right as long as it's like it's clearly like it's misspelled or something right. and and then it's like <laughs> is that right and is that really counter <laughs> i mean i guess that maybe sort of still uh, they would call that a counterfeit but it's like that's not a counterfeit it's skirting the line i think it's you know it's a different name yeah 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 so um but you know there's patents and all I sorts of other sharpie things pens that were shoopy s-h-o-u-p-i-e <laughs> yeah it's i don't know it's like i definitely have to say and i did it on purpose a lot of the, a lot of the counterfeit stuff is like it really is garbage but there so, are it's true but it's there true. are certain counterfeit stuff that is like there's nothing wrong like it's just it doesn't it just doesn't work as long or something and it's yeah. like and that's yeah, kind of what you're shoopies, going for with the shoopies that i got you could mm-hmm. get like and actually, I found them originally at like a flea market, so I wasn't bu- even buying them online. So uh-huh. I just had them at a, at a flea market. And you could get like, I don't know, 20 of these pens for the cost that you would normally pay for one Sharpie yeah. at like an office supply store. And some of them were completely dried up and just completely <laughs> useless or the or the uh, the actual tip of the pen was just in bad shape it like wasn't pointy or it uh-huh. just was terrible but there were still a handful of them that were in, in decent shape and some of them i've still got <laughs> i yeah, still use them I, yeah it, yeah it kind of you know this kind of reminds me of um there's there's these um it, i don't know if you call them counterfeit really but they're I, I mean, i'm sure they would be called counterfeit and, and they sort of are i guess in some respects but not necessarily um so they're basically they they're basically chips that emulate they're they're serial they're sort of serial cables but they're for like programming routers mm-hmm. and the chips themselves um they're they're to a certain like specification that meets another company's uh product that then can use in order to use it on windows you have to use their driver this other company's driver mm-hmm. but on linux you don't so it's like on linux it's not really like it's not really a counterfeit it's it's like a good legitimate product mm-hmm. um because the drivers are free software open source so, you know you can use them as you want um but they're they may not be the same quality but usually when you're flashing or dealing with a router you only need it to work once One or time. for a few times you know like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be good quality got it um and the difference is probably like the difference between like a dollar and like ten dollars or something like that. Wow, huge price. Yeah. Difference. So it's like in, in some cases, as long as you know what you're getting, it's like it's yeah. not necessarily a problem. Um, well, and I can understand why people, you know, are concerned about counterfeits, because if you are indeed buying what you think is Nike. Right. And it's Nuki or whatever, and it's only one tenth the quality for one tenth the price. You're right. going to be reasonably upset about that. So I get that. But this is, as you pointed out, seems to be something the marketplace has handled because most companies you know that are online retailers they want to have a good reputation they they want to have a reputation for quality they don't want to be you know to have that reputation of oh that's where you go to get ripped off right you know, that's where you go to. so i mean the problem solves itself but that said i am curious to know what they're saying right, is right, right. the problem and what do they want the government gang to force these companies online to do about it passage of the so-called informed consumers act would help retailers and law enforcement crack down on a significant uptick in organized theft you know and it's funny because it's like the only people who can really stop organized theft are the retailers themselves um 
it's not like it's not like somebody making an arrest is going to stop that theft from happening. Um, what does that even mean? Organized theft? Are we talking about the gangs of yeah, people we're coming into CVS? People walking into stores, like and basically stuffing stuff under their shirt and all what walking the hell out. Is Probably at the same time, but maybe not. It depends. They do it different ways. How would online retailers doing counter- anti counterfeiting measures do anything about? I miss. I'm missing something here. We're going to continue uh, in uh, in moments. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. You can join us and comment on Free Talk Live. In the studio tonight, it's Ian and Chris. Of course, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. That is the point here on Free Talk Live. Also, want to say thanks to Dennis W., who is a uh, member of the AMPS program. We just launched this on Patreon uh, just, I think, a couple months ago at this point, so it's still relatively new. We've got at least 50 people that have made the jump and joined the AMPS program. We used to have the AMP program, and then we added an S to it, A-M-P-S, Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. If you like what we do here on Free Talk Live, you want us to keep doing it, and you want us to get on more radio stations around the country, we've got 185-plus stations. Just found out actually about a couple new ones that I had not been made aware of by our new network, so I'm looking forward to adding those to the list. So we're going to be pushing closer to 190, uh, which would be nice. So if you want to help us with that, then join the AMPS program like Dennis W. did. He's a platinum, which means he's doing at least uh, 25 bucks a month. And that's five times what we ask. We're only asking for five bucks a month. So thank you, Dennis, for going above and beyond uh, the call of duty and helping us out. We really appreciate it. You can get some of the cool perks as well over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. So, Chris, you're telling us that major retailers are pushing Congress for another law to regulate and control online retail, which, of course, is their competitor. Now, they yep. have online sales as well, but if they can eliminate people like you, like thinkpenguin.com, if they can eliminate uh, smaller mom-and-pop businesses... Yeah, it's not just smaller mom-and-pop businesses. They want to eliminate Amazon. Sure. <laughs> they want Their biggest competitor, their biggest target is probably Amazon. Interesting. Yeah. So what exactly are they planning here? What do they want Congress to do? Because they're, tr- they're throwing around... The counterfeiting term. Yeah, so they're they're mixing, and this is other thing to to know in this story. They're they're mixing uh, counterfeiting, and if 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 you if 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 that's not good enough for you to get you upset, well, certainly theft is going to be right. So they're so, t- they're mixing counterfeiting online with real life. Like gangs of people going into stores yes. and stealing stuff, like we're seeing in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. and and no doubt, I'm sure you know there is a counterfeiting. Uh, I guess there is to some degree a counterfeiting problem, and there's a theft problem, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think these are necessarily things that are not, you know, there, there there's some truth to it, but that's not what they want to do. Is is no, the they problem? Want regulations, right? right they don't right. want to let the free market operate and right. let people make their own choices. Rather than you know installing better security, rather than taking steps to prevent the theft, they want the government to basically crack down down on their competition. Um, their online competition. Passage of the so-called Informed Consumers Act would help retailers and law enforcement crack down on a significant uptick in organized theft. The Retail Industry Leaders Association said in a letter Thursday to Congress, congressional leaders, the CEOs of Home Depot, Levi Stratus and Company, and more than a dozen other companies also signed their names in support. 
In the current environment, criminal networks and unscrupulous businesses have exploited, they're basically referencing Amazon, have exploited a system that protects their anonymity to sell unsafe, stolen, or counterfeit products with little legal recourse, the group and the CEOs said in their letter. This lack of transparency on particular third-party marketplaces has allowed criminal activity to fester. The retail leaders are stepping up a long-running lobbying campaign, and at least they're being honest about it, It's or at least the author's being honest about it. Yeah, this is a lobbying campaign like you wouldn't believe, in favor of the legislation after a month in which stores from California to Minnesota were hit by flash mob style thefts that generated national headlines and best buy almost every headline i've seen is coming out of san francisco i mean yeah there have been some elsewhere but so why are you targeting online retailers as opposed to i don't know like better security for your store like you think you would target it there like some of them are just closing they're just like we can't handle uh, this we're out Nothing the government is going to do is going to to solve this problem. No, of course not. They're just going to sell it on the street. Like, it's not like you need the internet in order to, you know, unload fenced goods, right? Like, uh, let's see here. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Where were we? Um, So we're hit by flash style or flash mob style thefts that generate national headlines. And Best Buy said organized criminals were hurting profit. The Informed Consumers Act would require digital marketplaces to collect information such as government ID, tax ID, and bank accounts details from some third-party sellers. Amazon. So now you have to have a bank account to sell on the internet. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like, (laughs) I mean, you're literally having to go to government in order to ask them permission to like operate a business. Um, You know, if you're if you're a small player. That's absolutely what they want. Yeah. Uh, Amazon.com Incorporated announced in October that it supports the version of the act in the U.S. House of Representatives saying the measure would establish a federal standard and prevent an unworkable patchwork of state level uh, regulations here. And here's so Amazon a- saying they support this. Um, let's see here. That's what you just October said. That, Amazon yeah, yeah, supports uh, this. Yeah, humorously. Yes, it appears so. Um I guess it's because it doesn't, I don't know, I guess it doesn't hurt them directly. It would only hurt the sellers on Amazon. I don't know. I mean, it it still seems absolutely insane to me. To me, it seems like making it more difficult for people to use your platform to sell goods Mm -hmm. is going to hurt you because they're not, they're going to, they're going to go somewhere else if it's, if it's too complicated. Well, that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it too complicated for the somewhere else. So when Amazon says, oh, we support this. That's them saying, well, we've got enough attorneys and programmers on staff to make sure we can implement it. If they haven't already implemented this, they can implement it with a snap of the finger, basically. Whereas somebody who's just starting out, mm-hmm. who wants to you know, revolutionize the space or whatever, and they're just getting going, they may not be able to jump through these hoops. Well, right. And, and, and that's the other thing. It's like, okay, well, you know, um, what, if I'm, you know, what if I'm operating out of China as a small retailer and I want to sell to the mm-hmm. United States? I think that would undermine uh you know that particular seller and their ability to profit off of that seller you know if they are not able to jump through those you know hoops for selling to the united states market does a chinese bank Um, account uh, count towards having a bank account i I don't verify i don't know i don't know do they have to have a u.s bank account in order to sell and honestly i don't know maybe maybe it does maybe it is broad enough where it makes it 
you know, I don't know for most of their customers. So that they're going, they're okay with supporting it. But I don't know. It just seems to me that this is, this is just immoral, um, you know, for so many different reasons, you know, you shouldn't use just because somebody else is using violence doesn't justify your use or advocation for violence. No, it doesn't. Um, But unfortunately that's what you see all the time in the, the, you know, not just the retail world, but the business world, wherever some business is being regulated, they they have the opinion of well I've been regulated so you need to be regulated too everyone needs to be regulated we all need to be regulated as much as we possibly can because regulations are good they protect consumers so I which do, is false yeah I, I do want to point out here Amazon actually is supporting one version of the bill but not the other version of the bill so okay um, this following paragraph says the e-commerce giant criticized the retailers group so ah, so they are against they each are other. Okay. they're effectively against it but one version I guess would be less less strict or something like that mm-hmm. um, and that's why they're supporting one version so it's not that Got they're it. supporting this they're fighting over yeah. what the rules should say. yeah because they know it's they're gonna they know that the they're gonna lose so let's let's make it less bad for yeah. us someone's gonna lose yeah the e-commerce giant criticized the retailers group for pushing federal and state legislation that would favor large brick and mortar retailers at the expense of small businesses that sell online which Amazon's really concerned about. Now, I mean, Amazon can say they're concerned about that because they do have small businesses selling through them. Right, right. right. Yeah, and like that's, Conan, our uh, co-host Conan, yep. uh, he sells books through Amazon. Yeah, um, there are, uh, you know, there are there are a lot of people who actually are um, what they would call unbanked in the United States. Even mm-hmm. people who are not necessarily... I'm pretty much unbanked at this point. Yeah, I was going to say, even people who are not necessarily impoverished, um, they don't have bank accounts, they don't have credit right. cards, um, for one reason or another. And in some cases, it's because people do, you know, maybe it's because they're, you know, they're mowing lawns and shoveling, you know, uh, snow or something of that nature. And so their, their business is just naturally cash. Yeah. And so it doesn't make sense for them to have a bank account because if if they have a bank account and there's no money in it, it costs them money, right? Because that's right. there's a fee Fees. that's charged if you have less than a certain number of thousands of dollars. Yep. Like there's various different reasons for it. Sometimes people are living with others and their major expense might be rent, but they're paying their rent in cash because, and, and thus at that point, it no longer makes sense to have a bank account because again, it falls below a certain amount and then it just eats into their And there's also people who've just made mistakes, you know, yep. as a as a young person, they let a bank account go into the red because of one of the fees. They they took out too much. They didn't know what their balance was. This happens all the time to, to people. Yeah. And then they didn't because they were irresponsible. Bouncing checks. Well, yeah. Whatever. They yeah. they go they go below the, the zero, mm-hmm. right? And they go in, you know, negative thirty or whatever. Yep. And then because they're irresponsible, they they're upset about it because a lot of if you stood in a bank for long enough, you've seen somebody chewing out a teller because they got hit with a fee, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes the bank will waive the fee if it's like the first time, but the second time they might not waive it, and then the yep. person might get mad and say, Well, I'm closing my account and they yep. storm out the door. Well, guess what happens? The bank reports you to what's called a debit score reporting agency. Uh, so you've heard of a credit score, but there's yeah. also a debit score. And anytime you close a bank account or a bank account is closed on you with a negative balance, you will not be allowed to open an account at most any other bank until you settle up with that other bank. So there's some people that just can't open an account because they won't yep. make things good. Yeah, others, others do it for moral reasons, too. They won't deal with the banks. We got more coming up, and you can join us. This is Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Derek J. I don't want a politician to represent me. To me, government is the idea that one group of people can coerce everyone to comply with an edict or face increasing punishments up to and including death. Despite perhaps the most noble of intentions, the best government services are a far cry from what could be provided for by voluntary interactions. 
Besides, the people who call themselves the government wage wars and put peaceful people in jail for crimes involving no victims. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live kicking off the third hour of the program. You can join us here as always. Bring up whatever you want to discuss. The number is 603-283-6160 at 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian and Chris. You can comment on whatever you want. But we've got to start out here the third hour. We've got a quote from our friend Nobody. And we've been doing these uh, for the last, I don't know, couple of weeks. Bonnie has been uh, digging up old Nobody quotes. She's been listening to old episodes of Free Talk Live that featured Nobody as a, as a co-host, going through some of his old writings and finding interesting quotes that, you know, because he said a lot of interesting things over the years. <laughs> uh, so we've got one here to share with you for tonight. Quote, the Second Amendment is for everybody because having a gun, arming yourself, means you don't have to ask the other guy if you've got civil rights. <laughs> oh. And that's one that I'm sure hits home for for nobody these days because, and I'm not sure where it came from, you know, whether it was before or after he became a felon uh, for selling cannabis to consensual adult parties that the FBI arrested him or had him arrested for, basically, Mm. in order to try to infiltrate to get him to wear a wire into the Keene Activist Center. He's now a felon because he took those charges to trial and and went to a jury and sadly the jury found him guilty because they didn't use jury nullification in that case which is was tragic but uh now he's a felon and so he doesn't have the right to defend himself with a gun and he should yeah I think everybody should if that's what they want to do yeah it's it's unfortunate that we have we have a situation where we have so many laws that everybody is constantly breaking them and if you become a target because the government wants to go after you because of politics yeah you know because of speech because of things you say uh they'll find something they can yeah because everybody's breaking the law and you just don't just because you don't know it doesn't mean you're not doing it right well how could you know it i mean as you pointed out in the last hour's conversation about retail law you are a business owner. You've got, you know, business to run. You've got products yeah. to, to move. You've got customers to satisfy and concerns to address. And, you know, there's all kinds of things that are vying for your attention. The last thing you've got time to do is sit down with all of the, the laws that apply just to retail. Yeah. It wouldn't be something just that alone. Wouldn't it be something that you have time to read, let alone every criminal code, every uh, U.S. government code, every IRS tax code, every state law, every local ordinance? I mean, the whole idea that anyone could be apprised of what the law actually is, including the government people. 
Yeah. Like how they could even know. It's not even possible. It, you know, this reminds me of uh, a court hearing. Uh, I'm sorry, not court hearing, a, um, a, a state house hearing that I was in that I, I spoke at. And it was it was just one piece of paper. You know, that's what they were, they were advocating for a change in the law mm. that would make you basically it would add one piece of paper to, uh, you know, uh, that basically businesses would have to fill out in New Hampshire. And I'm like, I got up there and I'm like, yeah, except do you know how many other pieces of paper I have to fill out already? Right. It's like, yeah, this is one piece of paper. But every time you add a piece of paper, the workload gets more and more and more. And it doesn't. And, and the crazy thing, it was like they were trying to like it was some worker. It was some like crazy way of like trying to figure out who was like paying or not paying um, or collecting unemployment or something. Mm. And it was just like. This law doesn't even do that. It just gives you a list of people for no reason to to go, then you can go through like and and try and figure out like who is not paying unemployment. It's like it was just the most craziest thing. And and this is but this is the problem. It's it's we constantly have bill after bill after bill that adds more paperwork and right. more more things that you could be charged with that are like should this even be a crime? And it it really shouldn't be. But most of the time, more often than not. Uh, most of the laws, you know, that we maybe should have, you know, they were probably passed, you know, like, I don't even know, like probably, I mean, they've probably been around for thousands of years, you know, don't steal, you know, don't kill sure. people, you know, things like that. You well, know? there's things like, you know, those sort of things, they don't even need to be written down because it's in, innately obvious that you're causing harm to another person. And, and that used to be what the ignorance of the law is no excuse was referring to. Mm. Now they just use it as this sort of pat thing that they say whenever somebody breaks some stupid uh, statute about some obscure thing. It's all ignorance of the law is no excuse. Well, how could anyone not be ignorant of the law? It's an impossible thing to be completely cognizant of all of the laws out there or even partially cognizant right. of uh, of them it's impossible yeah I mean, and it's, it's crazy it's kind of hypocritical too because like the judge is breaking the law the you know the prosecutor sure. is breaking the law your lawyer is breaking the law but you're the one being prosecuted oh yeah it's like tell me about it oh <laughs> uh, it's just not justifiable it's it's immoral it's it's um yep it yeah. is it, and until it's disgusting you know, even if uh even if new hampshire were to leave the united states i mean that would make it I don't know. You could do it in a lifetime, maybe read all the New Hampshire code, because the thing is, just because yeah. you read it doesn't mean you co you understand. Oh, that's it. another issue entirely. Right. Because there's like whenever you read the, the law, it's always referencing other parts of the code. So then you have to go yep. over to this other section. You have to read that part, then come it, back to this part. And it's like ask two ridiculous. lawyers. If you ask two lawyers, you're going to get two different opinions on yes, the same you law. Will. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, that's all law is. It's just an opinion backed yep. by a gun. Yep. So, uh, moving on, you can comment on that. But uh, the other thing that's one of the other things that's been in the news a lot, a lot in just the last year or so has been the metaverse. Now you're a tech guy, Chris. You you know you spend a lot of time in the tech field, but you focus more on the you know the privacy, the operating system, sort of the lower level, critical level kind of operating aspects of running yeah, technology. Definitely more low level, although. It is focused on helping people at a higher level, I guess, but it's it's trying to make it easier for people, right? Yeah. Um, because computers can be so complicated, and there's so many things that can go wrong. and And if you can if you can just plug a device in 
rather than you know spending 45 minutes installing a driver to get a right. device to work and then hoping it works well that's that makes life so much easier for the end user so and and that usually has to do with low level components so that's, so that's why we focus that's on where low level you focus stuff. over at thinkpenguin.com but i'm sure you still hear things about the higher level you know the the retail level kind of uh programming that's going on out there oh yeah. like this metaverse thing which for listeners that aren't familiar this is basically I mean, my understanding of this is it's essentially virtual reality repackaged. It's essentially we're changing the name of virtual reality because virtual reality hasn't really been selling. (laughs) And then big companies, big corporations like Facebook are getting behind it. And now Facebook has changed its name to Meta something or other. Yeah, they Uh, did. And so they're claiming that their focus now is to promote this metaverse concept. And what is the metaverse? I mean, are you aware? Could you even define what what this thing is? I don't know that I can exactly. Um, This is something where I'm like... I run the other way. Um, it's mm. it involves. Well, you're not a gamer. Virtual reality or yeah. Facebook or gaming. I run the other way. Yeah. So this, I'm not super familiar with it, but this isn't per se gaming necessarily. It is something that seems to be using technology like virtual reality helmets yeah. and things like that to uh, have people interact with one another in the you know in the world of business or education or shopping so they're trying to use virtual reality for doing more than just playing video games with, right right with each so other. i mean this is i want to say half life it's not half life i'm trying to think what was out there um before before the virtual reality stuff that that existed sort of i mean this is something that's been around like it has they've they've tried to do even before virtual you reality think of second I think, life second think life of yeah second life. second life that's it yeah. um and it's I, i've i've look i i'll have to say i'll I'm gonna I'm gonna admit something embarrassing, but I've actually touched a VR headset. <laughs> oh yeah, you're um, telling me this off the air. The I, yeah, other day. There, there's somebody that I know who who has actually has more than one. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> anyway, um, and uh, I have I have touched it. You know, tried it. I just to, you know, sometimes it's interesting to kind of just get an idea of like, okay, why do I hate this? And now let's re- do you hate re- it? Reaffirm it. I honestly don't so much hate virtual. I mean, I don't hate virtual reality. It's that's this this um. I think it's interesting. Destroying. I think it's interesting uh, my, my to see where it, the but, technology is at. So you know, right? And and technology. Uh, here's what I would say about virtual reality. Um, having actually experienced it, you know, the the whatever the most latest and greatest stuff is, and it it basically um it definitely is kind of like what you imagined in the 80s that virtual reality would probably be like to a great degree i think uh but it definitely there's no definitely there's no confusing that you're in a virtual reality world and there are issues with it like try wearing a headset for many hours on end they haven't really solved the problem of oh well now you're gonna get rashes they're heavy you know acne and all sorts of other stuff hold Um, that thought we're gonna continue here uh on what's the latest with this metaverse concept you can share your thoughts as well is free talk live you can bring up whatever you want here the number 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 here tonight it's ian and chris don't forget to join us online over at freetalklive.com we've got a social media site and we run the thing it's not run by twitter it's not run by facebook not some sort of big corporate entity not a big tech company just free talk live you can go to social.freetalklive.com. You can create an account there, and you can express yourself there in a way that you are not able to do so on those megatech platforms. So head on over. It is a Mastodon-based 
uh, social media platform over at social.freetalklive.com. And that means more freedom, social.freetalklive.com. Oh, by the way, we've been telling you about how Intercoin can help any business and organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. And now Intercoin has launched its investor token worldwide, and for the first time it's available on an exchange. And that is xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com. You can sign up for xmarkets with just an email address. They don't need to know who you are. It's not a know-your-customer uh, exchange, which makes it pretty unusual. And it makes it easy to uh, trade dozens of different cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, for Tether, which you can then use to buy ITR, which is the Intercoin Investor Token. You can learn more about the Intercoin vision at intercoin.org and buy or sell ITR on xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com. You just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world. We'll get back into what's going on with the metaverse, so-called. What is all that about? Uh, Facebook's got a new thing that they're releasing. They want to get you hooked on the metaverse let's uh, go first though to someone calling himself mr idaho law on the line in well idaho and uh, you're on free talk live go ahead well as i was mentioning i you know i this is, is great to connect with you guys because i'm basically hidden in idaho and i don't know you don't probably know much about us because i don't know much that much about you even though we do have somebody that i talk to kind of regularly but he's not involved but I was part of that group uh, to move for the live free or die move there, which I believe is your shire. Is that what you called it? Uh, when they were trying to first do that. And I was part of that group, you know, with that pledge to move. To You're talking about the free, free state project? Yeah, the free speech thing in, in New Hampshire from the Libertarian. Free state project. It's not a free speech it per se. It's people were moving, want to move there and pledge so they can get a voting block or an issue with Libertarians more effective. So you were part, New let New me Hampshire. just clarify, you said you were part of that movement. Why are you in Idaho? Because I'm from New England originally, and so I was considering that issue, and I supported the issue. I thought it was a great one. And that for people to move someplace, like a cooperative or anything, just move someplace where people... So let me just let me clarify what you're saying here. You're saying you liked the idea of the Free State Project, but not enough to actually join it and, and move with, uh, with the rest of the people. Well, no, I would disagree with you there because my project here is, of course, saving millions of lives. And that's what I do. How are you and doing that? Because of the source area of the contamination. I worked with the tobacco company originally, and I'm the scientist that helped them where the uranium came from that got in the cigarettes that caused other lung cancer. They asked for my help, and I gave it. And I met them at a Superfund site in Idaho, and when they heard me speak, and they asked to meet with me, and then they cut out all their their contracts here for this material, stopped it being sold east of the Mississippi River, and basically, you know, save millions of people because it, you know, people are still in the myth of it to think they get cancer. And I could get into the little issue because Spirit Cigarette ended up buying some of those same fields because they used a radioactive fertilizer. You can look this up. So it's just to clarify new, what you're saying here, you're saying the tobacco companies used radioactive fertilizer to grow tobacco that people then uh, smoked and... And that's and you somehow stopped that from happening? Yeah, because the tobacco company didn't know, okay? It's like nobody else knows, because this project out here started under 1942 under the Manhattan Secrecy Project, or the Manhattan Project Secrecy. And so people wanted to help make fertilizer. Phosphorus was new then, 
Phosphorus fertilizers help potatoes grow, but mm -hmm. the material we use is from our largest uranium deposit in the United States, and mm -hmm. they use the section that is most concentrated in the uranium materials, the whole decay series. And of course, it's a wet process, so we have the Weapons Corporation too, called FMC. Food Machine Corporation is their big title, so to speak, but they're a weapons chemical division. They own Mount Uranium here in terms of the stockpiling. They are the ones responsible for spreading it all over the Western United States as processed uranium, of course. But again, I wanted to talk about the poisoning of America because it was important that the tobacco company stopped it because they were farmers in the East, so they stopped it being sold in the but that is changing again because now it's under different names. But you can look up radioactive fertilizer on the internet. So hold on, I'm just trying to. You're, you're going pretty fast for me here, Mr. Oh, Idaho Law. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to understand what you're saying. You're saying not only have the tobacco companies used uranium or something, some sort of, uh, you know, essentially uranium decay nuclear. series. They, yeah, materials. You're, you're saying they've used deposit. this in their fertilizer, but you're saying it's not just the tobacco companies; it's also other companies that are using. Uh, so yes, what people the growing fruit. Companies in the 1980s, when I helped them, when they asked for my help, they did stop the Surgeon General. They had to change the cancer doesn't that cigarette smoking doesn't cause cancer because they. Should to them that was the uranium materials they hold on hold on hold on whoa, whoa, whoa. slow down slow down here because let me just make sure i'm understanding what you're saying you're saying okay. that it's actually okay that if if tobacco is grown without these uh uranium-based fertilizers you're saying that it's then fine to smoke cigarettes that it won't cause lung cancer yeah basically yeah okay. that's, an, that's an interesting theory in the fertilizer that the tobacco is an unwashed product, okay? And because oh, really? unwashed, it went with the product from the fields. The people who work in migrant workers in California, they're mainly what death is, is cancer and leukemia, okay? That's because it's all in the, used in the foods. And any food that's not washed carries it, which is your grains. Of course, most people, hopefully, they wash their foods, right? right. Yeah. Especially if they're from the West. Okay, the Eastern Foods, again, they didn't use these things. And the tobacco company, as much as we may not like them, they are instrumental of stopping this stuff being sold anymore huh. east of the Mississippi River. It's interesting but theory, interesting. Uh, never heard that story before. And apparently Mr. Idaho Law says he was part of uh, making that happen. So thank you for the call tonight, Mr. Idaho Law. I wish you uh, the best. Apparently he's, he's running for Senate out there in, uh, in Idaho is what he told me off the air. So I, mean, I guess kudos to him for uh, you know not directly just plugging his Senate campaign because he didn't mention it. No, he didn't. I don't think uh, during during his call. Uh, you know, I don't know whether that's true or not, but uh, it's interesting, interesting theory. Yeah, it, it it was a very interesting call. We've had we've had. I don't know what to think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we had people like, calling about tea tree oil and now uh, uh, uranium tobacco. <laughs> I <laughs> sounds knows? insane. Um, but again, there are like I do know that they they. I, I, I sounds as almost like people, somebody was connecting two different things that are like have nothing to do with each other, and they just sound like it had something to do with nuclear stuff. And I don't know, but I have no idea. Yeah, and the, the whole reference to the Free State Project without even really knowing what he was talking about. That yeah, was that really was also strange. very bizarre. <laughs> uh, the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. That's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. You can of course bring up anything that's on your mind, although. I'm, you know, 
probably we're not missing much by having him stay in Idaho. <laughs> More on the way. You can bring up anything here on Free Talk Live. We'll talk about the metaverse or whatever's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live. We'd like to invite you to visit freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. If you want to join us here, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian and Chris in the studio here tonight. And also coming up at the end of this year, we're going to do another giveaway of the BitBox. It is a 100% open source hardware wallet. And if anybody knows how important open source is, it's Chris. You're huge into open source, huge into free software. People need to get that source open because otherwise you just can't trust it. You don't really know what is going on on the inside of uh, of a device if you can't audit the code and build it yourself. So get over to uh, box.freetalklive.com and you can learn more about the BitBox there. You can use code FTL, save 5% on a BitBox for yourself, and you can also win one of them. If you are a member of the AMPS program, if you join AMPS at amps.freetalklive.com, that's amps.freetalklive.com, we'll choose one of our AMPS supporters and uh, we'll do it randomly on an episode of Freer Talk Live toward the end of this year. It's going to be, I think, we're, I think tentatively planning for New Year's Eve, which is actually going to be a Friday night. So I don't know if you want to hang around for uh, for a New Year's Eve after show, uh, Chris, on on a Friday night at the end of the year, but uh, that's something that I think we're going to be doing. At the very least, it'll be uh, me and Bonnie. Aria says she might come on in uh, for Friday night, so we don't know who's going to be hosting, but that's when we're going to do the giveaway. So It's a possibility. Ring in the new year with uh, Freer Talk Live and maybe a free BitBox if you are one of our AMPS members over at amps.freetalklive.com. We've been talking about a little bit about the so-called metaverse. It continues to be in the mainstream media news and just the fact that it's being pimped so hard and heavy by organizations like the Wall Street Journal and uh, you know just tons of major media organizations getting this terminology out there and you know they're really putting a lot of money and time into promoting this idea it's more than it ever was for virtual reality because before Virtual reality, news media that was covering virtual reality was just more of like a, oh, look at this. Look at this, you know, this cool gadget. Mm. Here's a, it's a neat gadget. You could get this gadget. But now they're literally saying, oh, this is where you're going to work. This is where you're going to play. <laughs> this is where you're going to shop. This will be your life, people, is essentially what they're saying about this metaverse thing. And now CNBC has a story uh, and uh, as other places have, that Facebook is now announcing that they're opening up their virtual reality world of avatars called Horizon Worlds to anyone 18 and older in the U.S. and Canada. According to the story, they've announced this uh, as of Thursday. Horizon Worlds launched in beta last year to select Oculus VR users. Now, remember, Facebook purchased Oculus, the VR company, years ago. So they own that. Uh, and uh, and we kind of knew they were obviously going to be pushing more VR stuff. And now they've completely rebranded into a essentially a VR company. That's why they call themselves Meta now. So Facebook is one of Meta's companies. 
Facebook is a you know brand, if you will, of Meta. Uh, so with the announcement Thursday, users will no longer need to be invited to join the virtual world. The broader launch of Horizon Worlds is an important step for Facebook, which officially changed its name to Meta in October. The company adopted the new moniker based on the sci-fi term Metaverse to describe its vision for working and playing in a virtual world. In Horizon Worlds, users of Facebook's Oculus virtual reality headsets can create a legless avatar to wander in the animated virtual world. There, they can play games and interact with other users' avatars, which I don't why I don't know why anyone's excited about this. As you pointed out, Chris, <laughs> you know, Second Life has been around for fifteen or more years yep. at this point. What is it that this thing does? This Facebook world does that Second Life has hasn't been doing? You know, for fifteen years, and if somebody can. You know, explain this. Maybe you've actually used this particular program and you want to weigh in. And also, is it only for Oculus users? Because if so, it sounds to me like it's going to be kind of empty. Like, I mean, there might be, what, a couple million people that bought this Oculus? I don't know. Uh, I'd have to go look and see if there's sales records. I know that there was, like, supply issues, too, for these devices. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know what the story is now. I imagine it's probably only gotten worse, but... Um, yeah, like trying to get your hands on one of these is pretty challenging, actually, like these types of virtual reality headsets. Most of these virtual worlds out there, Mm. and by the way, there are a couple of them that are cryptocurrency based and decentralized. So they're not being run by Facebook, some mega central corporation. So Facebook's got competition out there that a lot of people are pouring big money into on their own volition because... It's decentralized and not, you know, it's it's under the control of a decentralized autonomous organization. There's one called Decentraland, and I think the other one's called Sandbox. Uh, so Facebook's got some interesting competition. Like if if I had to pick one or the other to get behind, I'd be interested in the crypto ones. Wait, a virtual, some sort of virtual crypto thing? No, the crypto's real, as real as any other okay. crypto, and it is a virtual world, just like what Facebook's talking about here. Like, imagine Second so Life. decentralized virtual reality? That's correct. Yeah. That sounds cool. It is interesting. It's, it's interesting. It sounds cool. I don't know that it, I'm... It's just as boring as all the other ones, right, but it's right, a cool right. idea. Exactly, and like, yep. You know, people that are into that like, sort of thing are into it. Right, if I was right? going to get into virtual reality stuff... It sounds like what I would want to get into. Yeah. I just don't know if I'm that I'm just not hyped it. that yeah. about the idea of like virtual reality. It's like I've played with it a bit. I yep. see what the t- current technology is capable of. And yeah, there's definitely some improvements, but you kind of have this problem where you're wearing this big headset over your face. But and it's like, I'm, how long can you really do that for? And it still causes all sorts of problems with people getting sick. That's and, the point I know. wanted to make about these alternatives Yep, is you don't have to have a headset. You can just go on any old laptop or or desktop computer and play the 2D version of it. You can still be in that virtual world, okay. just like with Second Life. Yep, they didn't yep, have yep. headsets back with with Second Life in 2005. Right, right, right. Uh, so they so like why wouldn't Facebook want to welcome everyone with a computer instead of just the Oculus Rift? Why would you have to pay you know five hundred dollars or whatever those things cost to yeah. get into this world? You, you know, it the sounds other... like it's dead on dead on arrival to it, me. It, honestly, um, it's it's like. It's, it feels so much like playing a 3D video game. The same limitations apply. Yeah. Um, you know, there's things that you just can't do within that virtual world, like things that you can do in the real world. So it's not like it's a, like you're really living in a virtual world. Like it's no. it's clearly fake. It clearly is like it's you cartoony. can't just do whatever you want. Yeah. It's it's you're you're restricted to very specific things you could do in very specific. And, and I guess I guess there's like certain um, 
I don't know what they call them exactly, but realms, I guess I'll use yeah. that are like there's that are more complex and stuff, mm. but it's still always going to be limited, right? By how much time and energy, you know, whoever puts into creating that realm, I guess. And it may also be limited by the uh, hardware capabilities as well. So and the well, that's thing the is, nice thing about these other ones is mm-hmm. like you can spot you can jump on on a laptop on these other ones. You don't need some crazy ass graphics card or anything like yeah. that. And it's very simple well, and th- and that's the other it works thing. It, because there's like multiple screens basically in your your VR headset. Mm-hmm. I guess it takes a super powerful graphics card. Whereas right. if you're playing on your normal computer. It, you can actually get more detail and more complex uh, because it, it, you know, and with less resources. So it's like, I don't know. It's like, uh, it's, it's, it's almost like when you're using the 3d stuff, it's, you're actually kind of going backward in time uh, just because, you know, your power, your, the power of your, your hardware is only so powerful, right? There's limitations there even in the, And I'm talking about even when you have this super high end hardware. So, I mean, I don't think there's that much more to this story about the, uh, the the product that Facebook has released here. It just looks it looks just like a ho hum, another virtual world. I mean, there's an image here of these; they're just torsos, which is the other weird thing. It's like I again, I haven't played Second Life in years. We we did try it once upon a time here on Free Talk Live because actually some uh, Free Talk Live listeners or one listener made like a Free Talk Live lounge in Second Life and they mm-hmm. had the audio feed from the show playing in this lounge. You could just go in and like listen to the show with other people, which was pretty cool, right? Yeah. Like that's a cool idea. So we were, you know, we checked it out then and I've seen one of these, I think I saw Decentraland in action on somebody's laptop and it looked a lot like Second Life to me. But I don't recall those characters having no legs. Like, why didn't you just program the legs? Are they that hard? I mean, we're in, the, we're in 2021. You can't program legs to at least, like, move around? I mean, how bad is it? It's just bizarre looking at these, head, or these uh, legless torsos floating around in this thing. Uh, not impressive, if you ask me. But if you want to weigh in, you can join us here. Whether it's the metaverse or whatever's on your mind, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and of course, you can bring up whatever you want. Take control of the airwaves, even in these remaining moments, enough time for you. If you want to join us, it's Ian and Chris. And the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You know, just, we were just talking about the, uh, the new Facebook meta uh, virtual reality thing that they came out with called Horizon Worlds, and they uh, apparently are only letting people with VR headsets use this thing. So it's going to be very restricted in the number of potential people that could possibly be in it at any given time, because you know most of the other online virtual reality worlds will let any, anyone with a you know 2D just plain old laptop or whatever platform that they've got go into them. And it made me wonder, you know. Facebook, of course, is notorious for heavy-handed moderation. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, people post things on Facebook, and if it doesn't, you know, if it crosses the wrong moderator or the wrong woke uh, leftist or whoever reports the thing, and then it just gets deleted, and you get a 30-day ban or whatever the punishment might happen to be. So they're talking here about this Horizon Worlds that you can, you know, build a thing in this world. Well, 
what happens when you spend hours building some platform or you know some hangout or building and then they decide it's offensive or something like that and then they just delete it yeah it's gonna happen i i just i just found out this again probably the second time around that uh youtube bans three printed gun stuff like oh really i didn't i mean i've forgotten i guess this but yeah apparently they banned it years ago and uh, they just weren't enforcing it so yeah i guess some left people on the left were like upset about it and and uh, complaining that it wasn't being enforced uh, strongly enough or something so yeah but it's, it sounds like a very very similar kind of thing so i wonder and i don't know what facebook you know specifically or or meta or whatever their policies are in regards to the virtual world but um i think i have talked a little bit about this with, with a certain somebody and I, I was I'm under the impression that it is like there is censorship going on there, but mm-hmm. it, apparently they're not doing. It. I guess it's not very well enforced because there's like people that go around these universes in like KKK costumes, and mm-hmm. those are definitely banned, and all sorts of um, you know it's things that are clearly banned, basically. Yeah. Um, so people are always going to push those limits, but it made me wonder what about these uh, decentralized, supposed decentralized autonomous organization run crypto based platforms these virtual reality platforms like decentraland and i believe the other one's called the sandbox i've looked at decentraland before but it made me think well we were just reporting recently that parcels of land this virtual land in decentraland have been selling for millions of dollars worth of ethereum Mm. so like there's serious money being put into purchasing the plots of quote-unquote land in these decentralized platforms, Facebook, I'm sure they'll sell you something there, but there's high regulations and controls on what can go on on a Facebook platform. It made me wonder, you know, are there things that aren't allowed to be built on Decentraland? It would seem like you'd have a better bet of having more freedom because you're actually paying for the property. You own that piece of digital land. You have the non-fungible token, the you know, absolute proof that you're the owner of that thing, and no one in theory can take it away from you unless there's something in the contract, the smart contract that allows them to. So it's like there's still some hmm. question marks in my mind about like how free this decentral land thing might be, <laughs> but it's gotta be better than than Facebook's. I, I would think so, but I it does it actually does make beg the question of like how do you deal with problem, offensive people? Problem not offensive people, but I would say more problematic people. So yeah. I don't know like I mean, obviously, I don't know, like virtual, like, I don't know if there's a virtual killing kind of thing going on, but like, I don't, I don't know, think like, so. I don't think it's just, uh, you just walk around and talk to people or whatever. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just thinking like, well, what happens if somebody gets in front of you or you have a group of people surround, uh, I don't know, a group of people or something. Well, here's the thing. It does say this in their frequently asked questions on Decentraland's website. Uh, you can control how certain content on your parcel is served to other users within the platform. For example, you could make 3D models, images, video, or sound content only visible to a player in Decentraland after they have submitted a payment or fulfilled some other requirement. So you can make your thing public Hmm. so anyone can come in, or you can require payment in advance before they can come into your club or into your house or, or whatever. Uh, they do say that, remember, by uploading content to their servers, you're essentially making it publicly available since it's served on a distributed file system. They say we intend to make it possible to limit how that content is served through the Decentraland client. The content itself will always remain discoverable on the content servers. But as far as like getting it, the characters in the game into it, you can set up rules, hmm. apparently, with Decentraland. So that's kind of interesting. 
we can talk more about it, but let's go to Clarence. He's on the line calling from outer space. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Well, yes, I'm in outer space for sure. Uh, thanks for taking my call tonight. I'm uh, Two things, if I may. I know I'm going to talk about the trap, and it has to do with a gentleman by the name of Mark Edge. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah, uh, our, uh, co- our co-host. Well, I mean, yeah. he hasn't been on the air for several uh, <laughs> months at this point, basically. Yeah, where the hell are you, Mark? Well, he's not allowed to be on with me due to some very restrictive bail oh. conditions that the federal government has forced upon me. So that's Free you can blame the crypto them. Six. Yeah, you can blame them for that. Yeah, definitely check out the freecrypto6.com website. Um, I'm not even allowed to talk to him. Like, I can't even talk to Mark. So, anyway, what what else? Uh, what about Mark, Clarence? So, well, I want to talk about Mark, but real quick, that guy who called in earlier about the cigarettes having uh, – I've thought about that. I've, cigarettes have had – the reason why they cause cancer. I've, I've had this theory for years. I'm not a scientist. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a worker bee. Uh, but I've thought about this for years and the reason why cigarettes have been, I've said this for years. I said, someone's going to find this out someday and someone's going to discover this, that it's because of the radioactive phosphates that they use. That's what's causing the cancer. Hmm. And, uh, anyway, but, uh, once, uh, I'm going to paraphrase Mark Edge's, uh, statement that he made a few days ago, a uh, month ago, maybe once I realized that I'd been tricked into the trap that, one had to fight for freedom. I realized that freedom isn't even the end game. Peace, happiness, bliss, whatever you want to call it, is the end game. If you want freedom, pursue happiness. It will follow. We have to get together and fight for freedom against the tyrants. Is the trap. I only want to point it out. Well, you can be happy anywhere you are. I mean, you can be happy in a jail cell. Um, but it just, you know, you don't have as many choices then, so it's not as I much I ain't fun. happy in a jail cell, brother. Oh, man. You're, Ian, you're the only one who could be happy in a jail cell, and I could yeah, actually... Yeah, you I, are I, the only one that could be happy in a jail cell. When you were in a cage, I literally was picturing you with a smile, a big smile on your face the entire time. <laughs> yeah, growing a beard. Anyway, I, I agree with him on pretty much all points, though. You know, it, 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 once he realizes it, realized in his mind it's a trap, I... For me, I understand that now. And what was the trap? I'm not clear on what the trap was. Well, the trap was that we had to fight for freedom. Yeah, no, I don't. Right? I don't believe in fighting. I, I mm. I'd rather just live free. I, I don't either. And nonviolent, absolutely. This is what I was telling the film crew that was here yesterday. They were interviewing me about this. Like they brought up fighting for freedom. I said, Hey, look, I I'm not fighting. I'm just trying right. to live free. I'm just trying to you know live my life how I want. And it's the government gangsters that are fighting us. They're the ones that are fighting to protect their so-called legitimacy and to protect their system and to protect their revenue. They're the ones that are fighting. They're the ones that are desperate. Well, yeah. people, I think a lot of people make the mistake of approaching freedom too aggressively. Myself, yeah. also, yeah. Clarence Rutherford, yes, I have. Uh, freedom, you know, from personal, uh, you know, it, it, freedom follows personal contentedness. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, that's that's elusive. Yeah, um, that's true. At best, it's a journey. Well, you know, libertarianism is a social movement that seeks perhaps an impossible collective destination. They're trying to control things that are out of our control. It's a huge trap. You know, freedom fighters are the ones that often contract activism fatigue or jail time mm. or beatings by the police. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of beatings by the police, um, 
there's an officer by the name of Sergeant Mark McSweeney in Hillsborough County, who's in Hillsborough, Hillsborough, New Hampshire, who was hired in Hillsborough after he had been fired from the San Morton Police Department for over-aggressive behavior, breaking a guy's arm, mm. making him fall, mm. tasing him, doing all kinds of stuff. And, you know, Clarence doesn't like that. Yeah, there's a lot of guys like that, Clarence. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm still optimistic personally about the the liberty movement, but I think that the liberty movement needs to get realistic. They need to realize that it's not going to catch fire. All of a sudden, you know, libertarianism isn't going to catch on. Um, people want to control other people out there. They're sick, and the best thing we can do is get away from those sick people and come together in the same place. That's why libertarians, the smartest ones, are moving to New Hampshire. It's about community sometimes, not yeah. just the law. We can build that community, and we have built an absolutely amazing community here in new hampshire and you ought to check out 101 reasonsfilm.com to learn why liberty lives in new hampshire we'll see you tomorrow night freetalklive.com on free talk live we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day from wrestling superstars like glenn jacobs you guys really are having an impact i believe like i said uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because... I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com.